It's like, was he just trying to pull a fast one on the other people that like live on the docks? Like he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to take the rest of my money and buy the same boat my dad had and then paint the same name on it. And I'm just going to wait around and tell people who used to hire my dad come back. Look, I don't know enough about Hong Kong dock culture to weigh in on this this conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 495 with our review of Tomb Raider. I am Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, uh, before we get started, uh, we wanted to real quickly just pimp the survey that we have on our website over at thespoilthewarning.com survey. We really want to know about how you listen to the show. It is a quick survey. It doesn't ask you anything really personal. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's it's quick and easy. I'm going to take it with you live on the podcast. How do you listen to the show? Overcast. Uh, how often do you download? I download all episodes automatically. Um, how often do you listen to the show? I listen to every episode. Uh, how long have you been listening? Since the beginning. Uh, how did you discover us? I started the podcast. <laughs> And submit. Boom. That's it. That's the, all the questions. That's how fast it is. Wow. Please take it. Please let us know a little bit about how you listen to the show. It'd be a big help to us. And now onto the show. Um, so uh, as we were talking about the film Tomb Raider, we thought maybe we'd start off by kind of talking about our history with the Tomb Raider franchise. So Stephen Miller, um, what is your familiarity with the video games and or the movies? So I'm pretty familiar with the video games in that growing up, I played Tomb Raider all the time. I remember very little about it except for constantly running around and double fisting like <laughs> guns. <laughs> but I feel like that's the main takeaway from Tomb Raider in general. I, I think I think it's called dual wielding guns. Dual wielding, uh, double me. fisting is not something that is part of the Tomb Raider. Sorry, I, wa- I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> Apologies. I, I saw Fifty Shades Free this week. Um, but no, I, I definitely remember like the, having a lot of fun in the game. I kind of remember the game having a lot of supernatural elements like zombies or kind of mythic people coming back to life or like a group of bad guys that were beyond the normal worldly bad guys like more of a mythical thing but like yeah i I have fond memories of it they're nothing but memories though i don't i don't remember like the (laughs) plot i remember the way uh croft manor looks because in this movie i saw it i was like that is croft manor i remember (laughs) doing a somersault and jumping off that roof <laughs> but that's about it as far i don't think i saw the angelina jolie movie maybe maybe i did uh, and i just forgot angelina jolie movies excuse me two there's a there is a tomb raider if you know I, what I, mean. I certainly did not watch tomb raider number two um but no lo- loved the games that's about it just like fun gameplay shoot em up dumbness yeah i mean i i was introduced to the tomb raider franchise back in I may get the years wrong, but I feel like it had to be in junior high for me. Uh, I was staying over at a friend's house, uh, and uh, I was playing video games on his computer, and I was introduced to Tomb Raider, and I still like I still remember a specific moment in the game. There's there's two moments that all of Tomb Raider is sort of like summed up with for me. One was pulling a lever and having a bear come out of nowhere, <laughs> and being like fuck, and like my heart raised. Like it was the first time that a game legitimately 
freaked me out was like I was playing this game, pulled a little lever, and this bear came out of nowhere. And it was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And that it's that and the T-Rex that comes out in the first game where, like, you're in some underground cave. I remember and, the and T-Rex. The, the music comes in and a T-Rex comes in. You're like, what? I can't. What? To a T-Rex? What? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know if a T-Rex belongs in a tomb anywhere, but I just yeah. it, it was one of those gaming experiences where it was the first time that I was really, really sucked in and, like, got sweats and panic from something that was happening on screen i think what's fun is the premise of the game kind of allows for anything because you're in a tomb where some kind of vaguely supernatural shit is going down yeah and like anything you might have an indiana jones type boulder roll happen to you you might have a t-rex suddenly jump out you might have scary mutant monster dudes trying to learn how to resurrect the dead or whatever whatever happened in latter tomb raider um games yeah and yeah i i i also watched the both tomb raider films um, less for my allegiance to the Tomb Raider, Raider franchise, and mostly because my first celebrity crush was Angelina Jolie, and I wasn't not going to watch a Tomb Raider movie starring her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't played uh, any of the new rebooted Tomb Raider games. Like I played a little bit of the beginning of the first of the reboots, and uh, it turns out that the first rebooted game is basically what this film is. Um, so I, I, I don't know how they differ exactly, because I didn't play through the whole game. But it's essentially a similar story that we'll get to in a few moments. But uh, but yeah, uh, seeing this film definitely made me want to go back and play through the new games. Definitely. And I have to say between Alicia Vikander and Michael Fassbender, this must be the power couple of resurrecting video game movies, right? <laughs> well, well, we'll get into it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Though I did not actually see uh, much to like uh, Carson's probably disappointment in me. I still haven't gone to watch... Um, uh assassin's creed sorry mm-hmm. the name the name was escaping from the thing that you're referencing but yeah um but yeah we'll, we'll get into whether or not this this saves video game movies or if it fits the stereotype of what video game movies are but yeah should we should we get towards that sure all right we're gonna listen to the trailer for tomb raider and then we're gonna come back and give you a review i thought i saw that again I'm going mad. Lara, your father's gone. At some point, we have to face up to who we are. Who we're meant to be. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It'll be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. Ah! 
It's your finger that's pulling this trigger. You messed with the wrong family. Alright, so that was the trailer for Tomb Raider. Basically, it is a reboot of the Tomb Raider franchise, and it follows our, our hero, uh, Laura Croft, who is the, the heir to a big fortune of the Croft company. <laughs> I don't know exactly what the company does, but basically she's been off on her own um, because her father disappeared seven years ago, and uh, she's sort of kind of escaped the uh, taking over the family business and sort of has been trying to go off on her own. Um, she gets a clue that leads to what might have happened to her father and she hops on a ship and uh, tries to sail out into a deadly passage um, in some scary island, gets stuck on the island and encounters a group of people who are trying to get the thing that her father was searching for back in time. Um, so Stephen Miller, what did you think of Tomb Raider? So I will preface this with what should be an obvious disclaimer. This is a Tomb Raider movie. <laughs> this is like a Pretty dumb movie, right? Like, oh come on! I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even criticizing it by saying it. It's just this is a movie that is meant to feel like what playing a silly action video game feels like, which means that it's not going to be overly heavy on the plot. It's going to involve a lot of raiding of tombs, or at least <laughs> showing. Actually, I, I would argue there isn't that much raiding of tombs. Right. In this this film. is more a prequel. This shows us how one would become a uh, adept yeah. raider of tombs in the, future. The, this movies. is literally tomb raider because a single tomb is raided. Sure, that's true. <laughs> this isn't tombs raider. Yeah, th this is part premium rush, part national treasure, and then a little bit of tomb raider at the very end. But <laughs> once again, it's literally part premium rush. <laughs> Anyway, all, all that to say, like, going in, I was not expecting anything majorly substantial. I wasn't expecting this to be, like, some deep, interesting movie, right? I'm expecting a fun movie that involves, like, lots of action set pieces and a new hero at the helm. And I think the movie basically rises or falls with how well Alicia Vikander plays Laura Croft. Yeah. And uh, I think she nails it. I think she was, like, a wonderfully cast choice for this role. She, um... Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah, she she has something that I felt like I didn't love the Divergent series, but I think I loved about Shailene Woodley at the helm of those is that she she performed action scenes without ever seeming just like supernaturally gifted or something. You could yeah. you could hear her exertion when she was making moves. You could hear her stress and her fear, and you really got the feeling that like this is a girl who was thrust into this action world. This isn't a person who is just like preternaturally perfect action hero who just like arised fully formed the way I can only imagine Angelina Jolie did in the Tomb Raider movies of, yeah, yeah. of old. Um, yeah, like she's not Sarah Connor. Like she's yeah. not like some like badass militaristic woman who is just like blowing shit away. She is a human being who is like she's she's ripped yeah <laughs> like she's ripped she, she's ripped but movie. she but she like, fails she, frequently yeah yeah and there's she's always not, the risk of failure in any moment yeah yeah like she she is a very strong person strong-willed and physically strong but she is not the terminator she is not somebody who can just take anything that's coming towards her she has to exert herself to insane levels to just barely eke out moments of intensity that she is like suffering through yeah, yeah and i think that is really what the movie demands, and that's primarily what the movie is, is a bunch of scenes showing her building up to that. She always has that daredevil aspect. Like, even as we first meet her in this movie, she's already a bit of a daredevil. She's strong. She's physically capable. She's taking on challenges. But yeah. we just watch her 
But the film also opens her with her losing a fight. Like right. she's in a gym fighting a person who bests her. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we see her determination and not wanting to give up and tap out. But like ultimately she gets defeated. <laughs> right. And this is really her like revenant of sorts, right? This is the movie where <laughs> we basically for the first like half of this movie just watch her like get the crap beaten out of her, right? Yeah. Both in out in the world, in nature, by scary Walter Gogginsy type people, um, <laughs> by the ocean, right? Th- this is not a movie where she is like just a fist pumping hero. This yeah, is a movie yeah. that is really about her journey to getting there. And like I, I think on that level, this Tomb Raider movie works great. And I think like if the franchise survives, I think future ones are going to be a lot of fun. Th- the thing about this movie is it is a prequel and it decided for better or for worse to make it be about the character and the motivations and how she becomes the Laura Croft that we all have played as in video games. Yeah. Um, and there, I think the movie is less successful, if only because the Tomb Raider world isn't that interesting, right? So a lot of time is devoted to her relationship with uh, Dominique West, her father, um, in this movie. A lot of time is devoted to... <laughs> I, I would argue too much time in the center of the film is, de- is yes. devoted to that. Yeah, yeah. There, de- I don't know if it's a spoiler to say that like there is like a lot more Dominique West in this movie <laughs> than maybe one would expect going into yeah. it. Let's just say this film crawls to a halt (laughs) in the middle of the film to sort of deal with uh, daddy issues yeah and much like money monster i don't think he is like the best at playing a wealthy (laughs) wealthy man um money monster who could forget money see i didn't mention orange you glad i didn't say the wire um (laughs) but anyway when the movie decides exposition is key when it tries to be more of a a serious film or b a national treasure type movie the national yeah. treasure impulse would be like having puzzles having a mythology trying to get you hyped about like this secret that is going to be revealed movie mostly falls flat i don't care about that stuff yeah. it does okay with it. it it's like well acted and mostly well done I, ju- I just don't care about it at all right um but when the movie lets us focus on the action and just focus on the character of laura i think it's plenty entertaining i had a lot of fun with this it, it's no indiana jones right it, it's not like up there with the great adventure movies but it was never boring either i i had fun watching her go through like random journeys there's an extended scene that i can't even tell you where it begins but it like the midsection is around a waterfall and yeah. then there's like a bunch of near climaxes that happen after that and it goes on for so long and because of alicia vikander's energy and charisma it's totally watchable like it is enjoyable the whole time even though like if you were to go back and recap what happened in the last 15 minutes it would be like two sentences right <laughs> the script. Um, she runs jumps in a waterfall gets stuck in a yeah, thing it, it's very video game and i think <laughs> yeah no it's completely video game I, I don't think this revives the video game genre to answer your question like this isn't mind-blowing at all but it does like have the joy that a video game would have where you're watching someone jump out of harm's way only to be in a new situation where new dangers have unleashed and they have to climb and jump and swing out of harm's way again. And th- yeah. that's entertaining, right? That's fun. So it was dumb, but it was fun. I, yeah. It's everything I wanted from a Tomb Raider movie. Yeah. So I, I think this film is as good as it needs to be, um, which is that it like the bar is not very high. Like, I, I think this is an entertaining film. I enjoyed it. Um, I think where it fails is is it is it misses the meta commentary on video games. Like we we've talked about films recently that uh, there there's sort of films where like they are they are like aping uh, 
things that are video game e like even hardcore henry right where mm-hmm. it's like he's literally getting checkpoints that he has to go to the next checkpoint and defeat a boss in this next area right. and then continue on to the next story that's not trying to be a video game but it knows really 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 well what it's doing and how it's trying to play in the video game tropes this film feels like it's copying the video game which it, it does for the most part i mean it does its things a little bit differently um like I guess in the video game, there is like a whole group of natives on the island who are sort of worship, worshiping the Himiko or whatever the... You paid way more attention than I did. <laughs> well, in, in, in the in the game, there's like, there's like native people on the island who worship this person, this being. And in this film, it sort of bypasses that. And we just see like cave paintings and drawings and past texts that refer to people. Like, you know, they, they reference the handmaidens who suicide themselves so they can travel into that whatever right yeah <laughs> and and I, I i i genuinely enjoyed some of the idea of what who this being was what their power actually was and like when they realize the truth you know there, there's a line earlier on in the film where her father uh dominic west says um all legends are based somewhat in reality and sort of sure. that is sort of the theme of this film about like we have this legend of this person and there is truth behind their existence. Um, what is that truth for real, right? Like it's that—that's what diving into the tomb sort of reveals is what is what this person was and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of stuff was interesting. Uh, what I didn't like was sort of the we're going to take these pieces of a video game and present them in film version, right? It, it, it's the filmic equivalent of when they did the Doom movie, which I didn't actually watch when they went into first person mode, and it's like mm. this is exactly the video game. Um, but like that, I remember that was in the trailer, and that was like a selling point of that movie. It's like it turns into the video game. Oh my god! Uh, but in this film, like there is a literal scene, which is the sneaking scene from any uh, any modern video game, mm-hmm. which is like stay in the brush, stay out of view. But it's like we're seeing a person who was clearly, obviously standing by the group, but just because you're under a bridge, nobody can see you. Yeah, there were moments like that where it's trying to pretend to be a video game, which kind of took me out of a film that was otherwise entertaining enough um like you referenced national treasure and i i love national treasure oh yeah national <laughs> treasure is way better than this movie don't don't get no, me wrong no, yeah, yeah so so i know alicia vikander is better than nick cage <laughs> that's 100 percent correct <laughs> we need we need alicia vikander to also reboot, reboot the national treasure series yeah or he can just pass the torch that's the thing that we can do nowadays too it could be a like a sequel or whatever um but yeah so there are there are lots of things in this in this film where it's like we need this moment where you're in a plane that's going to fall off a waterfall, right? Where it's like, that is such a video game moment where you have to do these QTE, these quick time events where you're going to like mash a button to try to like not die as the plane falls off the waterfall, right? Those type of things, are, I, they're not even fun on a video game, I'll be honest. <laughs> but I mean, so it's, it's, it's like, I can see why they're in the movie, but like you have a genuinely interesting movie, like just show her solving puzzles. So did you not find that scene entertaining? The I scene, was wildly entertained the, by that so scene. The scene is entertaining, but I am aware on a meta level why I'm watching this scene, right? there. I mean, uh, so there was a point in time where I put away the childish world of the Tomb yeah. Raider games and I moved on to the Uncharted series, right. which is... Some we of call the... this time New Chris, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically the Uncharted series is... is, is one of my, it's probably my favorite game series of all time. The games themselves are some of the best video games I've ever played. I just, mm. as a series, they're probably above most of the other series I played. But anyways, um, in Uncharted huh, three, maybe there's a scene where like 
uh, like a train de- derails and you're hanging off a cliff. And it's like that Jurassic Park scene where you're, like cl- you're climbing through the seats inside sure. the train, which in Jurassic Park is a bus. and or um, Which here is a plane. So yeah, we're, which we're here, all copying yeah, yeah, Jurassic yeah, yeah. Park. So, so it's, all, it's all sort of the same thing. And like it works in the game where you're like, oh shit, I need, to, I need to quickly move and traverse the outside of this thing before it falls. And then I'll be safe, right? The game works great. <laughs> it's exciting. Film, it works great as well. But it's still like I'm, I'm just too aware of these scenes that belong in video games happening in in the real world, right? Or, or like say maybe a woman running through a sea of men with machine guns firing <laughs> arrows <laughs> and, and totally surviving. Like, what do you have against Wonder Woman, Chris? <laughs> Wonder Woman doesn't fire arrows, uh, but no, her but, cohort so. fires arrows. Huh? Do the do the Amazon women oh, yeah, not that, have that, arrows? Yeah, they, they have arrows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, huh? I was like, Chris Pine doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, so I, I I was entertained by the film. I enjoyed it. I I I if I if I can quote Carson. <laughs> I was watching this Tomb Raider movie, uh, just thinking, when <laughs> when is this tomb gonna get raided? <laughs> so I'll give you I'll give you that. the The thing is, yeah, the the tomb raiding part, it isn't even the last half of the film. It's like the last quarter of the film. I feel like it, it is very late in the movie that yeah, the, yeah. the tomb raiding actually occurs. I do think even in that bit, there are kind of fun video game mechanics that show up. Like, there are different rooms that are kind of, like, different levels with mild puzzles to solve, at least one. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's exciting to watch. Like, that that's fun. Again, it, it doesn't have the element of maybe a better movie where you might have predicted the solution. You're just watching a person, like, randomly figure something out. Yeah, I, I was extremely confused by there. There's a, there's a particular puzzle which involves, I'm not even going to say what, what's involved, but, like, the solution involves figuring out a certain color. Mm-hmm. And when they solve that puzzle, I'm just like... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't disagree with you. I was just I like, no I had idea. a smile on my face when I said sure. Like, cool. Jehovah starts with an I. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something and I'm entertained. <laughs> yeah, I just like, yeah, but, th- th- but that's not important. I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a genuinely fun movie. Like, as mm-hmm. my, my complaint is not that we, we got into the tomb too late. It's mostly that the reason we couldn't get to the tomb earlier is because we had to do these scenes of the video game where you're like she's passing some physical test to like barely survive right like we have to use that that ice pick because that was the key item in the video game right, right. <laughs> yeah. but yeah but i no, but no besides that though i think alicia alicia vikander was amazing in this film like as you said earlier um, when you were talking about the film like you can hear her exertion in in the film, like yeah. it's it's like watching women's tennis. <laughs> no, it, it, in a way, it kind of is. Like her, her like grunts and stuff as she does things. Like you can tell that she is trying with all her might. There, there is a there is a scene where she's she's fighting somebody. Where like it is one of the most intense fights I've seen. Not because the choreography is so amazing. Not because what's happening is so physical. But the way she sells it with just the sounds that are coming out of her, like you can hear the desperation in her voice and how much effort it's taking and how she is not happy about what she's doing. Right. That's the part where it breaks from being a video game. Like in a video yeah. game, you want to be badass and shoot all the fools and just like feel like a, yeah, fucking 
come come at me. Yeah. She is like, I don't want to be doing this, but I'm going to die if I don't. And I, I would say it was a very Blade Runner 2049 moment, in fact. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I liked... there There is like a way of handling killing in this movie. Granted, I don't think it survives beyond that scene. I kind of believe in the next scene, baddies are just dropping left and right. But but for a little bit of time, at least, you do feel that she is a real person who would rather not be doing this. And it's just yeah, been, yeah. kind of her hand has been forced. But I, but I would say there is there, there is this... It, it might just be because, like, her, her physical stature, she's a very small... She's a petite woman, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when she screams, there's this, like... There's this level of high pitchedness in her voice that it just feels like somebody who's trying really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't explain it, but it's like it's sold to me the danger of each of those moments, or like when she's fighting somebody. Like for instance, um, way back when when we reviewed the remake of uh, Total Recall, um, I, I talked about my disbelief of. To like the lead character and and another character in the film fist fighting at the end of the film, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, is, "Is it okay to spoil who they're fighting?" I don't I, think anyone is going to watch the Total Recall remake. <laughs> well, basically, it was it was Brian Cranston, right? Isn't I, I think isn't so, yeah. uh, Colin Farrell fist fighting Brian Cranston? I believe I, so. I love Brian Cranston. I refuse to believe that in a fist fight between Brian Cranston, well, he would drop like crystal meth and just explode the whole room. <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I just I, I didn't buy that fight. And even in this film, when she is fighting somebody who is more physically dominating than her, I one hundred percent buy her, her, her ability to take to deal with this person simply because of the way she sells it. And well, and the the intro to the movie kind of leads you toward that already. You kind of see like how she would fare in a fight with a larger component, a larger opponent, and like yeah, yeah. in the beginning spoilers for the first five minutes she doesn't win that fight yeah, but you I see how the, that <laughs> you you see how the dynamic works like you kind of understand what the tactics would have been yeah yeah yeah. and it it feels funny to focus just on like fighting mechanics and game mechanics but that's literally all this movie is like yeah. every time this movie deviates from that i think it's just a a lesser film and it's still fine because hokey exposition and like our friend julia said like dialogue scenes you try to button mash from but you can't yeah (laughs) that is like a natural part of the tomb raider series and this movie kind of had that like there are there are hokey scenes about like ah laura your legacy blah 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 we all miss your father and it's like all right can i skip to the next part i want i want to watch her kick ass again right but the movie has to give you that it would feel weird if they didn't deliver those bits i feel like there's enough action thrown in to make me not be annoyed by it yeah the one thing I will say that we talked about briefly, there's no reason to go into spoilers for this movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are twists in this movie toward the very end. Totally don't get them. I think they 100% dropped the ball there if it was supposed to be any major reveal. There's kind of like an aha moment. Oh, you mean like... In the, the last five minutes. And, 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 and Yeah, and, in like and. the last five minutes of the movie, there's a giant aha moment like that's basically saying island. like, Lara Croft will be back. Yeah, and yeah. I went way over my head. Whatever, whatever they're trying to tell me about the universe, I don't get. Yeah, I, I, I think that was bungled like a lot. Um, but I think there's enough. That, like I was, I was kind of like, yeah, because <laughs> I want to watch another Alicia Vikander led Tomb Raider film. Yeah. Um, just saying. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there. It's very muddy as to who knows that reveal at the end of the film, and I think that's the problem. Like, the reveal itself, I think, is fine. Like, the existence of the reveal, I just don't... It's hard to know what it's supposed to mean for individual characters versus 
the overall universe. One other nitpick. There is a moment in this movie when Laura Croft kicks a ladder from a side that I don't think any reasonable human <laughs> should have kicked a ladder in that moment. Anyway, it, it's just going to be spoilery. But well, I, I, there's like a bad guy fighting scene where any sane human being would have done something different than what Laura Croft does in that I moment. I mean, I, I think it's clear that she... I, she was willing to sacrifice herself in that moment. That's mm-hmm. that's all I'll say. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I have a nitpick too. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it sort of relates to, uh, to... So in our review of Red Sparrow, I talked about how they changed the film a little bit to give her more agency. And, and it was really important for the filmmakers to make sure that was Dominica's story and that she controlled her fate. Whereas the book was a story about something that happened to her. And I think in this film, they want Lara to be an independent woman who does everything on her own without the power of her father, who's basically Batman without the suit, right? right? Like, like her father is Bruce Wayne for all intents and purposes, but his parents didn't get shot and he didn't turn into a superhero, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of this film... <laughs> All she has to do is sign a piece of paper and gets the entire Croft fortune and could do whatever she wants to find her father, <laughs> right? But instead, she doesn't sign it for seven years <laughs> and decides she doesn't want to sign it. But you know what? Spoilers. At the end, she'll eventually sign it because the film requires her to be Laura Croft. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, it's clear that they want her to be able to accomplish everything in this film without help from her father. But all that serves is proving that she's independent and didn't need her father. But right. if in the end she's going to take on the father's fortune anyways, I just don't understand why. It just feels like artificially – it's kind of like another video game trope uh, is you start off a game, level one, you're like this overpowered, super crane, super crazy like person who can just do whatever – and then something happens at the end of the first level that basically removes all the things that you could have had, and you have to spend the rest of the game. Yeah, regain- we call that the Ragnarok. Okay. <laughs> is, is that the, what happens in Thor? Is it not what happens in Thor? I, yeah, honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember what happens in Thor. Great movie, ninety percent Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but anyways, uh, but you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's like it's like you are a superhuman being who has twenty abilities that your suit can do. But you fall off a cliff when you land. All the pieces of your suit fly all over the map, and you have to spend the next 10 hours picking up piece by piece. And then Metroid style, you can only gain access to certain areas, with like that sort of thing. That's kind of what this feels like. It's like Laura's like, what am I going to do? I can't go find my father because I don't have a boat. <laughs> I can't go there. You have a bajillion dollars. Sign the piece of paper. You can buy 10 boats. But then she'd have to say her father's dead. I know, Stephen, I know. But it it just feels like one of those things where it's like you're artificially handicapping your lead character just so that she can say, like, well, I, I don't need no man. So, like, I hear you, but on the flip side, Nick Frost. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that he exists in this film. <laughs> uh. No, I know. There's a lot of contrived moments in this movie. Um there's an extended scene on the docks of Hong Kong, I guess, that, like, <laughs> don't need to exist. But, you know, it's cool. I felt like I was in Aladdin or something again. It was fun watching, like, <laughs> re- 
yeah, <laughs> it was fun watching like a romp through the what I don't know. It, this is a silly movie, right? I I did think uh, Walter Goggins' villain was like a pretty good villain in this movie. He kind of captures that feeling of the like the person who has been stranded for way too long on an island and has started to go a bit mad. Yeah. Um, is, by the way, is his name Walter or Walton? Walton, I think. Thank you for correcting. <laughs> okay, me. You can like edit me. I'm going to say this once, and you're going to edit every time. <laughs> Walton. Do I want to go back and edit everywhere? You don't have to. Carson can just hate me. As long as we got, as long as we got it out there. <laughs> isn't isn't there like a a show or a movie where there's a character named Walter who fits this criteria? I feel like there might be like a bad guy named Walter. Anyway, Walter White. <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't care. Anyways. Don't <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> we were in the tomb. So you were talking I... about the, 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 the docks of Hong Kong, whatever. Right. Yeah. So the, the dock scene, it's just one example where in a video game, it'd be fun. Like you need some earlier levels yeah. because you can't be in the tomb forever. <laughs> also, <laughs> sorry, one more nitpick. <laughs> now that you're talking about the docks. So the father rented a giant boat called the Endurance mm -hmm. and hired the owner of the Endurance to sail him to Tikka Masala. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was something with a T, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was a medium spicy island. <laughs> but so that boat, we have to assume, never came back since the father never came back, yeah. right? But that guy's son just bought a different boat that looked the same and also named it the Endurance. I mean, maybe the guy has multiple and, boats. And he has the same name as his dad. <laughs> it's like, was he just trying to pull a fast one on the other people that like live on the docks? Like He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to take the rest of my money and buy the same boat my dad had and then paint the same name on it. And I'm just going to wait around and tell people who used to hire my dad, come back. Look, I don't know enough about Hong Kong dot culture to weigh in on this <laughs> on this conversation. Sure, it's contrived too. All of this is contrived. Uh, but I like the movie. I had fun. It was fine. Um, <sighs> cool. Sidebar. You mentioned Metroid. When are we getting a Metroid movie? I would watch the shit out of a Metroid movie. I, I would watch the shit out of a Metroid movie, too. Um, I don't know how it would work as a film, because that whole slowly build up your suit and gain access to new areas thing probably wouldn't play very well in a narrative film. Um, but I would I would watch a Metroid. Two words. Uma Thurman. As Samus? Yeah. Yeah. I can feel it. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> That's your elevator pitch. You're like, look, ever heard of Metroid? Ever heard of Uma Thurman? Put your hands together. <laughs> we just made $40 million. <laughs> uh, but yeah, should we make a verdict? Sure. All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, a record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? This is one of those moments where, like, even grading on a curve, <laughs> I can't be too extreme, right? It. This is a fun rental. It's a solid wait for rental movie, I think. You're going to be glad you saw it if you wanted to see it. Not going to break any new ground. For what it is, like, I want there to be more of it. And, yeah, there, there's problems. Like, 
too much exposition. It delays the tomb parts a bit longer than I would have wanted. But, you know, at least we got tomb later. So <laughs> I'm fine with it. Five stars. Wait for rental. I, I hate you so much. Uh, Don't be a tomb hater. <laughs> Can't get me twice. Uh, yeah, I think quality-wise, this is definitely a wait for rental, but it's almost a must-see in that I definitely want a second one. So at least half of you have to must-see it so it can make enough money to justify a sequel. And then the rest of you can wait for rental. Um, but yeah, so I think that's going to bring us to the end of our review of Tomb Raider. Uh, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. We also have that survey we mentioned over at TheSpoilerWarning.com slash survey. Please take that. It'll help us out greatly. Uh, yeah, and lastly, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Tomb Raider, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, yeah, that is it for this week. We, uh, we're going to take off, and next week we will hopefully... Um, the episodes might be out a little bit later than normal, but uh, we will hopefully have a review of Isle of Dogs, and uh, we might get War Ready and do a review <laughs> of Pacific Rim Uprising. I-, I like the idea of Isle of Dogs being... I love dogs, and it's a sequel to Must Love Dogs. <laughs> so while, while the music is fading out, we can both acknowledge that we just watched a screening of I, Tanya with Tanya Harding, took a photo with her. <laughs> yeah, we, took Life. A, we took a few photos with her. Yeah. But we took one non-blurry photo with her. <laughs> Life is complete. And I just have to say, I, Tanya holds up wonderfully on a second viewing. Yeah, the film and holds it, up, and Tanya Harding is a very charming woman. Give Margot the Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> She was Robbie. No, I'm nope. not, not going to do that one. Not giving you that one. Cutting it out. <laughs> it's in there.